Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Doesn't matter. I just wanted to make sure the audio levels check, are good. Check, check. Yeah. Um, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. I'm Eduardo. And hey, man, it really is good to see you, though. Uh, I, Daniel and I both ended up doing a little bit of traveling, and within that time, we kind of rearranged a little bit of things that we will be talking about today with the podcast, and we incorporated an episode, um, which was Lord of the Rings, while we were uh, away. Uh, Daniel was in California, hanging out on the beach. Surfing the USA. (laughs) And I was in the Pacific Northwest, but yeah, we're back now, and I'm really excited to continue our, our journey through Genesis, and Daniel and I were talking before the podcast, as we normally do, about... You know, this being such a broad topic, and I know we've said this over and over, so sorry if I keep repeating myself, but for any listener out there, you know, we're just going to assume that you don't know all the verses of the Bible, or, you know, we can assume that you probably do, but I want to make sure I told Daniel to kind of reintroduce, you know, our purpose every time that we get back on Genesis, because so much of what we're going to keep keep talking about and introducing through the second season will obviously be about, you know... Uh, the story of creation and and going on with Genesis um, and with the Bible and what the Bible has to say about it and, and the breakdown of, of each line that we're going to um, be introducing throughout these episodes. So that way, just hang on tight. You know, I know that before we, we organize things a certain way, but with this one being such a large topic, Dale and I just agreed, right. you know, um, let's just kind of let them know what line we're at right now, where, what verse we're talking about, what we're really introducing. Um, so that way we're all on the same timeline and right away, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get right into it. So, if you haven't been listening, where we've been um, having these discussions about, as far as in a timeline with regards to um, the first, the first verse and the first few verses, is in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, that it, that it was good, and we'll stop there. Right. Okay. So, so that's where we're at. So when we're discussing about, you know, uh, these topics regarding Genesis, it's not just all of Genesis as a whole yet, we're just making our way. And I know we've said that before. Right. So. Yeah. No, and I think that's a great, great little, um, we have this amazing resource of the Bible to be this roadmap of this discussion. Mm-hmm. So I think when we were before this episode, we were like, we're really not utilizing this roadmap that has right. been blessed upon us, exactly. right? With the chapters and the books, making it so organized. So we said, we just have to be more like priestly and pastorly. So we're just going to start yelling Bible verses at you. Um, <laughs> but um, it totally helps. So cool, it man. will kind of help pull down the whole conversation because really that first two verses that in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, God created heaven and the earth. That's really what we've covered this second season so far. So that's kind of everything we've looked at with um, our kind of deeper discussion of time, the aspect of I am, um, and these beginning aspects of just how do we even approach creation. That's all kind of was kind of included in the, that first verse. Um, right. So um, really excited. And we're going to kind of keep making our way, but it's one of the things, these are such a vast amount of information in this 
in this text, in this you know limited text that we were given with Genesis, um, that it's really just endless. So we'll really never be able to get away from those conversations, um, and we'll still kind of you know pepper them back in as we kind of continue this um, journey down. But again, Genesis is going to be something that you want to approach multiple times in your life um, right. from different angles and different perspectives. And it's always going to kind of bear different fruit that you need to um, put your attention to. So, um, so, you know, this is, this is kind of an exciting aspect though, to get into because one of the things that we are going to be approaching is again, just how much is actually carried within these few words that were transcribed for Genesis. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, remember we talked about this, this creation story is kind of an abridged creation story compared to older mythologies. Right. So we kind of have a limited one um, compared to like Hinduism and some of the older religions. So this one definitely is what you would call almost this abridged version. So there's a lot that if we're not looking at world religions and world scriptures can be almost lost and you can almost read through the idea of the earth was without void. Um, and you can kind of just blow through that line, but that's actually really, really important. And that's going to become really, really important, um, into the aspect of understanding why we need to understand Genesis for ourselves. Um, but two, we're really about to start to see the, um, the power of the feminine energy mm-hmm. and, um, really just kind of the, the context of what is at play here. And we're going to kind of start to see some of these astrological powers that we spoke about in the past that on the surface, you won't really kind of recognize um, in the Bible, um, but they very much are there. And we kind of spoke about them a little bit last time with the Elohim, and we kind of jumped a little bit forward, but that's what we're going to be kind of talking about with this with this this void, this formless void of earth at this point, and And kind of what it represents. And does it represent um, the void of even just those planetary energies? It's almost the, this is almost the first emanation of God is just this pure, pure consciousness. So everything within consciousness is withheld in this first emanation. And it's not so much this explosion, it's more, it's always kind of explained as like this driftless cloud. Okay. And so now we're talking about the creation of the universe. So this driftless cloud could have been for eons. Right. Okay. And so again, when we're talking about Genesis, this is a this is an exercise in imagination and creativity, and the only way we're going to be able to actually connect with the um, the true essence of this story is to really activate that imagination and creativity, because you're going through a ritual when you're reading this, and it's taking you through the ritual of not only the creation of the universe, but also the creation of yourself. And so what we're seeing with this void is this, this could be eons of time, right? And then these these old spiritual books talk about this this almost this myth that comes over in this this almost like dust dry wind that almost succumbs life itself, okay. And this is actually the introduction of Saturn, okay. And it's so quickly just overlooked in the Bible. But what this is is it's really kind of like that sacred formless mother energy mm-hmm. that's the first emanation of God, and then the second emanation of God is going to be this pure materialistic limitation, almost death materialistic aspect of Saturn. Mm. And that's almost going to extinguish that light of creativity, of light of consciousness. Okay. And again, we're talking about eons of time here, right? So what we're almost looking at, this would be probably a really traumatic event because 
This is happening in the entire universe, right? So right. this is, again, this is what mythologies are written about. And this is why it has to be such an imagination exercise, because we can't even fathom in our minds how big the universe is. Right. But imagine this play happening throughout all. So we kind of have this extinction of this first duality between almost the mother and father time, okay? And we're going to really kind of start to see where this creation is going to come from. And then what we're going to see is these other emanations kind of making themselves available. And that's going to be kind of the evolution of what's going to create the soul. And then we're going to have the bursting of that sunlight, let there be light. And that's really going to be the almost principal aspect of light overcoming the darkness of materialism. Right. Okay, because it comes very without that help of that light of this new savior, the new son of the world, the mother was going to get extinguished by the father Saturn. Right. Right. Because he wants to make everything cold and lifeless and she's pure life. Okay. Um, so where we're going to kind of see it is this kind of this emanation of this sunlight and that's the light of life kind of coming through and almost making this dawn for creation to actually happen. Okay. Cause that's one of the things that's so, specific about creation is everything has to be so perfect right you know like the sun has to be in its the correct distance away from the earth no further no you know the earth has to be the, i'm sorry the correct distance away from the sun no further no closer um the sun has to be in its correct like phase of life because if it was in too early of a phase of life it would be too hot and we wouldn't even have life on earth exactly. right so we're going to really start to see this balance come together of these astrological signatures making itself very apparent in the beginning with the mother versus the father energies. And then we're going to see these other players start to make themselves few. And this is going to really represent the Elohim. So why this is so important and why we really have to kind of think about Genesis in terms of Saturn and restrictions is because Genesis is Saturn's telling of creation. Mm. It's much different than the, you know, the um, the visions of Saint John, right. which is going to come with the John vision, which or gives in the Torah, oh, right? I mean, right. Wait, well, the Torah is going to be the same. That's going to be the Genesis version. So that would be the Torah's creation story will be Genesis, right? Right. Um, so when John's kind of comes around, it it gives us a little bit more, um, not so much depthness, but there's a little bit more beauty to it. It's less restrictions. Mm. It's less kind of cold, right? This is why, again, like people look at God as this like you know, um, this judgmental being, and that's what they kind of judge it as, but they're really just looking at the God from Genesis, right. which we're going to kind of get into, isn't really the true God. This is this is Saturn. This is why he's jealous. This is why he goes through these aspects. So we're really going to start to see that these biblical stories are, again, galactically overcoming these astrological energies and inverting them to alchemical gold. But not only on the galactic external world, like universally speaking, also internally, it's going to be taking these astrological energies, like the Saturn energy. Um, and how do we not become so leadened that we lose the light of life, right? And how do we balance that? Because we still need to live within the parameters of Saturn, right? So we're starting to see other topics that we've kind of discussed, um, but this this understanding of this formless void that's going to almost be overtaken and almost extinguished. And again, that's why 
this whole internal light of the sacred feminine is more of this like essence that kind of comes within. It's not this bright light of like the sun, the savior. That's more of taking that mother energy and bringing it out into the light of day. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, sorry to, to make a quick correction about what I meant in the distinction between the Torah or, or with, with the Torah is that I know that in Hebrew, I mean, the way it's translated to this far as what I've read is that this void we're talking about, like they don't believe it to be nothing before that either. I know that in um in 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 the in the Bible it does say you know and, and this is in the beginning but I've heard it before um I don't remember what lecture this was that I was I was you know um listening to but this rabbi was talking about how like in Judaism they don't believe that that void that was not before was there was nothing at all where there are other versions in the Bible where they believe like, no, there was nothing before that. And then mm-hmm. it started. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. And so when you're talking about this sort of like aimless or drifting wave, I think like that's something that they've already accepted from, from way before, you know, um, the Bible, as far as how the King James version presents it, it's like, Oh, there was nothing. And then it started. And it's right. like, Hmm. I don't know if that's completely true. And I've just, heard it again from this one lecture and I can't remember the name of the rabbi, but he was saying that he's yeah. like, well, no, he's like, actually yeah. there was, you know, but right. what that was is what we're kind of sort of breaking down along with the energies that come from that very first, you know, emanation. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, in the beginning does not mean, it means in the beginning of, you know, this universe, right. In the beginning of us, um, because obviously the the creation energy is above the time space yes. continuum. You know what I mean. So I think that's again, Judaism has a deeper understanding of the Old Testament yes. than most Christian. For now, now, that's the case for everyone. But there's a deep essence that comes from knowing the language of the sacred scripture, right? You know, and being able to get it from source material. So. Which is what I love to be able to talk about this openly as a discussion with you, because that's what we're doing. We're just breaking right. down what, say, in modern Christianity may just kind of look over very right. quickly or just give you not enough clues to what the definition of the what this void may be or what right. wasn't, you know, um, clear to, to, to a lot of people may, you know, already have been uh, introduced or have an understanding of that in scriptures. Like in, like in Judaism, they do have... They're like, wait a minute, don't just lump us all together here. Um, we right. kind of have a deeper understanding of what's really going on here. And mm-hmm. and that's what this is all about, is just kind of finding those esoteric uh, understandings amongst all of these verses that we're going to cover. Right, so. right. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So it's it's really important because we're going to decide to see this, like, you know, original duality, and we're going to see twos obviously play a huge aspect. Um, so we're going to see kind of the separation from darkness into light, um, and that's really going to kind of help distinguish between spirit and matter. Um, and again, just this this creation of this material universe and how perfect everything has to be and just how, you know, important Saturn is, but when Saturn's strength comes too much, it's going to kind of squeeze out the life. So this is really, we're going to start to see like from this emanation and through this seven days creation, we're going to start to see the creation of these other planets like Jupiter Mercury, because these are the Elohim. Mm-hmm. These are the powers left be to help kind of organize what the creator kind of has in mind for consciousness. Right. right? This is kind of that emanation, not his mind, what its mind um, to kind of do that. So, um, yeah, it's really just this 
this introduction of almost the prince of this world, and this kind of helps connect us to Lord of the Rings, because we're really getting introduced to Father Time here. And again, this is why I think so many people have a fearful look at the Bible, because the first the first expression we meet of God is a, you know, a tyrannical kind of father, you know, who sets limits, who restricts. Um, but without this, we would not be able to go on the journey to make it back into Eden because, like, we need this construct, right? I mean, again, we can kind of go back to the whole um, episode on Saturn to kind of see these, what these, what this makeup is of this. But we're really going to start just to kind of start to see this what Greek mythology is and what Greek mythology was talking about when these, the clash of these Titans, these are talking about these huge universal events that physically shaped the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're talking over eons and eons of time. So again, as we start to approach the seven days of creation at no point, do we want to think of those as like a 24 hour day? You know what I mean? Right. Cause it's no, I'm such glad a, that you, you clarified that. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's and that's something that's really important. Just like when we look at our own seven days of creation to become self conscious humans, we know it didn't last seven days. Like we we dropped down and then we started off as like a single celled organism right. and multi -built. But that was our seven days of creation. We'll kind of get to that, but um, that's what we we're going to kind of look at. But the the thing that we really need to understand too is like the only way for us to grasp Genesis um, is to truly, you know, grasp who we are. And that's going to be really important because what we're seeing in Genesis is not only the creation of the universe, but the creation of ourselves. And we partake in that universe. Mm -hmm. So again, this is just going to fall on death ears if we don't really fully embrace that this Bible is a mirror of you, right? And this is your story. And this story is playing out, but it's not going to get to the limits it needs to. It's never going to be able to reach that Sabbath, that seventh day, where you can actually incorporate this spiritually until you actually like begin to believe that you partake in creation and you are part of the creator, right? You know, it's kind of, it's a fun exercise to do with yourself, but like you can get really serious, you know, like if you, um, like in the morning sometimes, like I'll be getting ready and I'll be like getting really serious, be like, do you want to meet God? And then you just like look over in the mirror really quick and smile at yourself um, because that's it. You right. know what I mean, you could do this to somebody else too. You can be like, if somebody's ever having like a tough day or even they're just like, you're having like shenanigans with them and you want to just like make them kind of connect spiritually and have a good laugh. You could do it with a mirror. Like, do you want to meet God? And then slowly like move that mirror to their face. It's right. a good little exercise. But even if you don't have a mirror, you can point at any object and say the same thing. Do you want to meet God? And you could just point at any object. And if there's no objects, you can literally just take your hand and wave it in the empty space and say the same exact thing. Do you right. want to meet God? Right. And that's the aspect that we really need to start to incorporate. And this leap of faith isn't going, we're not going to go anywhere in this biblical study if we stay in this limited, low ego, it's me against the world. Right. Um, this is all, you know, this is all roses and berries but it really doesn't have any application to my life. Like this, this book is just going to fall on deaf ears because it doesn't work that way. This right. book requires belief. Um, and it's the belief only comes in the beginning because once you start putting the principles that are encoded in this and other Holy scriptures, you see that it's 
a complete deep principle of the universe. And this is like almost like an equation. Yeah. And these stories work like an equation. And, you know, if you input love and you input truth, you're going to get um, light and, you know, everything you want out of that, that peace and prosperity. If you put fear and hate, you're going to get a different outcome. So it's, right. everything's just like this mathematical formula. Um, but really just understanding again, that this, this Bible is acting like a mirror and we really need to start to approach the story um, with the responsibility of who we really are. Absolutely. Right. Yep. You know? And and I love that you, the way you put that was, was great because I do always go back to the idea of patterns and vibrations. And, and actually a lot of the things we, we've even covered in the first um, season can all be applied from here on out within the story of creation to how we navigate and how we bring um, things to the forefront, how manifestation actually exists all with the same energy, which is having faith in that the microcosm and the macrocosm are working in conjunction and a grain of salt or ourselves and our cellular structures all coexist as, as one energy, but that one energy being from God Mm -hmm. and the Bible will explain that, but it also will go over it in different books and it'll it'll talk about um or in different verses it'll talk about that relation but i feel like it is kind of uh important to know that it's a story about you once you know that about you you can know more about the world because the world is within you since Mm -hmm. it's all within god and um it's just something that i think people won't experience until they have like a near-death experience or until they have something of tragedy which we talk about in again the first season we talk about you know the hero's journey and, and a lot of the great things that you brought up in the podcast before this episode with lord of the rings has a lot to do with that finding out what's happening into to you inside, but it's also happening in this, you know, in the above as much as it's happening in the, in the below. And so I really like the way you just kind of put that all together as a reminder of how that's happening and how that you have to take that leap of faith in order to like see God right. in you and see it in, in everything else, including just thin air and right. just pointing at it and saying like, this is God, you know? This is it. Yeah. So. No, man, a hundred percent. So I, uh, yeah, and I think just the the whole idea of the kind of tap into when with our discussion on time, kind of the the point that I'm really trying to almost reiterate in that moment of that mirror exercise to do um, is to really just to embrace this idea of creation, to embrace this idea of our connection with creation, um, and the idea of God living through us in the moment. And that light that shines through, which is our consciousness, can only be grasped in the present moment. And this is God. It's right now in this very second, you're experiencing this creative force, this creative energy um, that is eternal. And it's the thought process beyond the thought process. And really just bearing witness to this whole human experience through Genesis Mm. is going to be really vital um, to just just grasping everything that's being presented right in this document, right? No, and just like the seven days of of creation, and I know we're going to go into that later on, but I love that <clears throat> you're already you're already bringing up the first, and the first mm-hmm. being light, mm-hmm. and and having that understanding of where that light comes from is is important to not just like go on to the next day, you know, and, right? And and then the day after that, and we'll do this in order as we're going and unfolding this. So I really do. I do. I hear what you're saying. That's yeah. What I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. And it's, and it's so exciting too, because you know, we're, we're starting to approach, 
really the feminine mysteries that is going to really blossom with the speaking of the Gnostic movement um, and early Christianity, as well as Sophia. Sophia is kind of this mother energy, and she really almost becomes a sacrifice in the in the Gnostic um, Gnostic Gospels. But this the same this this idea is there of this overcoming of the Saturn energy, trying to extinguish really life. Out, right. Right. And why this is so important, why I think Genesis was one of the books we started with is because in this Kali Yuga that we find ourselves in and to reconnect it with this time, Genesis is ruled by Saturn. This Kali Yuga is very much ruled by Saturn because mm. this is the, you know, this is the coming back and the pulling back in of everything. And understanding the beginning through this lens is going to give us a better understanding of how to maneuver right. the various steps that we're going to be, be kind of be faced with in these uh, next couple thousand years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so I just think that's, that's such a important aspect to kind of start bringing in. And this is great too, because with these, as we kind of move from the step and the introduction of the mother and Saturn and these various planets, we're going to not only see the introduction of astrology into this, because we've already been kind of looking at the Hebrew language, but the Zodiac is going to start to play a really, really big part in this Genesis story. And as well as every other part of the Bible. Question. So as this feminine energy comes in, you're saying this this mother energy comes in. Do you think that that's like the opposition to like father time, like Kronos eating its children? Like it comes after that where it's like this. I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. So so really what this um, this feminine energy, this first emanation isn't really the counter because it has all of it within it. It has oh, okay. the pain. And so this is going to be the second and third emanations are going to be more control of that prima materia. Mm. This is the prima materia. This is that first, that first essence. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now the will of the individual is what's going to blow that cosmic dust, whether towards the light or towards the material realm. Right. Right. So, so this is, Again, that, that's a great question, man, because this is that yin energy. Yin is constricted and formed by that yang masculine energy. So it's going to be the, it's going to be really kind of that story of the savior, uh, the young Apollo, the Horus, the Jesus that's going to come, that's really going to okay. kind of almost come to make peace with the father, because the one that really battles the father is going to be Jupiter. Mm. And we're going to see that through the story of Hercules. We're going to see that through the story of Thor. Um, that's the one that I would say really takes up arms, and that's the other Titan. So when we kind of start breaking down mythology, but this mother energy, this is no, this is just like that. That's the, this is just the prima material. This is the first emanation of God. Got this it. is the complete emanation. This is that, this is the perfectness that we were in before we all fell. So that essence that we're trying to get up back up to, this is what we were kind of in. And it's really almost described almost like this web, right? That web of this energy that we were within is what we fell to start this process of climbing up that ladder to becoming self-conscious. Okay. So it's, it's kind of the same kind of thing. It's the physical world's going to have its own fall into matter and it's going to make its own evolution because again, as above, so below. So the universe has a soul. I have a soul. We both have to go through evolution, right? We're just in different levels of evolution. I love that. Yeah. Right. So, and that's what it's all about. And this is what the ancients used to base everything off of, um, which was as exciting because this was a um, a brain gas of mine a little earlier. But the ancients really argued about the idea of 
consciousness, when we think about Genesis, this whole universe is based off of consciousness and serving consciousness. Right. So this is why life serves life and lower forms of life always give to, to higher forms of consciousness. And this is what the whole aspect is about. So when we look at the beginning of the universe, it's very mm-hmm. interesting how material science comes up with like a big bang theory, but they really don't want to talk about anything that became before the big bang. Right. There's a priest, right? Wasn't that a priest that came up with the big bang theory? Well, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's kind of gotten caught on and there's, there's aspects to it. But the thing is, is they don't ever talk about like what came before. Right. Right. And they also exactly argue about, you know, was all matter created at once? Is matter still being created? Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, arguing that goes on in that own camp. Yep. Now, when you get to the ancient camp of cosmology and the ancient creation of the universe, all the camps are pretty unified, which is amazing because we can't even, as a whole camp of unity, agree on a form of measurement, right? We have two different forms of measurements on different continents. Something so simple like measurement, we can't agree on what we think is the best, but all ancient schools have almost the same understanding of creation and the energy that was before creation. And that energy was, and that creation is thought orientated. Right. So it's a mind before matter universe where materialism thinks it's matter before mind. Um, but in a mind before matter universe, the thing we have to sh- so much think about, and I would say this is the biggest theme of today when I was talking about understanding Genesis, is this idea that consciousness is the most important thing in the universe and everything is serving consciousness. So the way to serve the universe is by the expansion of your consciousness and the expansion of every other living thing's consciousness and every aspect of life, every object has consciousness. Like even plastic as gross as it is and as dead as it is, there's still some sort of consciousness in there that is not completely uh, manufactured. Right? There's something that's holding that together. Now, you can like feel a tree and you can feel its consciousness. You can see you know, how plants kind of ebb and flow. You can definitely see consciousness in animals. But we live in this hierarchy of you know, everything serving the consciousness above it kind of thing. Um, and that's what this Genesis is really kind of asking you to partake in, right. to accept the responsibility now that you in this kingdom that you find yourself in, in this, this Lord of the Rings, this Saturn's kingdom, you are the highest form of consciousness. Right. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay here or are you going to make your way out? But it's up to you, right? Right. But if you really serve in consciousness, you have to keep climbing that ladder, right? It's a, it's a pull up. And that's what this whole aspect is. It's really just, are you ready to make that next step? Because that's all humanity is. It's that first step of being self-conscious of yourself, so it's the next level that's kind of pulling you up. But we have to understand the importance of consciousness. And like every decision you make is made in the direction for the expansion of consciousness. Absolutely. And that's the best way to, that's the only way to serve the universe and to serve each other. You know, always making those those decisions. And again, I think you can't really start thinking about that mindset until you really understand what Genesis is trying to tell us. Right. Right. And I like that you bring up uh, how that's, that was a, a unified idea in ancient times. Like I know that it's said uh, even by Manly P. Hall and, and the Egyptians would describe about how the gods impregnated space within, with themselves, mm-hmm. 
you know? So to serve God would be to understand how to get back to that space mm-hmm. of what you already created out of and basically elevate yourself to that highest level of consciousness throughout the uh, the time of your physical life here and beyond that to make it back to what already was as one. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I always, I always think that that's one of the things in regards to the seven days of creation or in, in the beginning in the first verses of Genesis that you have to put the brakes on and just go, okay, hold on. Let's, let's really have a, a, a discussion about what these first phrases really are describing. Because again, as we keep talking about, this is the story of yourself. Um, it's, it's, it's important to know how many cultures across time and um, religions across time have, have honored that idea where it's like it's more than just you know the way um it's presented in this version of of the bible right away you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely you know and again this is it's just such a important time for biblical study and to be looking at this book um with everything that's that's happening and especially with the um the aspect of i think a lot of people feel like they've lost power and he's probably in these last year, maybe two years, they right. probably felt like, you know, even their ability to manifest compared to like what's happening in their environment around them. I'm sure there has been kind of some struggles. So this is just a great refresher as well into, you know, how do we pull into that environment that's going to harbor that growth and, you know, really kind of nourish that development of that conscious expansion. But really just making that deep, deep commitment to yourself right? and to really see in yourself the self, the highest self, um, and yeah. not seeing those two apart from each other. Um, and that's, again, it's a, it's a very difficult process, but this is the, this is the one thing that you're not supposed to know. Like you're not supposed to know that you are partaking creation. You are a creator. Right. right. And that's the one thing you don't want to know. And it's, again, we talk about how the amnesia that comes from it, how easy it is to forget this with just a little bit of stress in life. You completely forget that you are, you know, a child of creation. Right. And it just like quickly goes out the window and you just become me and you, 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 um, buy into all your stresses, you buy into all your ups and your downs and everything like that. And you get very attached to this, this aspect. So again, I think this Genesis really does a great way of us kind of even approaching what it really means by like non-attachment, you know, and like how we position ourselves in creation to not only understand and evaluate what's happening to us, but to put the best foot forward. So the best can happen to all of us. Oh, that's really well said. I really like how you said that, man. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I know in, in the, I read here that in the Tibetan creation story, you know, it's important to have that time to meditate in order to go within and actually connect to that source in order to understand where creation even began and how your story isn't, it isn't over or it's, it's continuously unfolding. And then within the five cent construct, that's a complete distraction all the time for us. Mm -hmm. If we had no way of having this understanding, um, of, of, you know, what these stressors are in our life because we're, we're holding them to a higher regard than the spiritual side of our life that we can't see. Um, the only time that people kind of make a distinction between the two is when their life is threatened, when their physical world has been shifted, which is what's happened in the last two years. Um, this is the time to sort of 
reap from the if you feel some kind of void or this hollowness inside this is why you do go and you meditate it's not so much just because they say it's good for you or he or she says it's good for you you know it's good for you because you're just going within and connecting to source one more time and again it's it is rough that we have to go through a patch that has us very shook up in order to connect back to that but again if you didn't have something um, beyond our five cent construct move around you and make you feel a certain way you wouldn't go looking for it in mm-hmm. the first place you know what i mean you just kind of be reacting to everything coming at you which is what's happening in our society right now is our dopamine receptors are just completely slaves to constant distraction and and pleasure and so with having all that in, in abundance it's hard to go within and, and have that connection so again the, the, the bible is telling you this right here in this in this opening story of creation like what it really means to sort of have this understanding and and where that light comes from you know mm-hmm. um, does that make sense yeah right. no absolutely and you know what it's what i really love too about this introduction of this elohim and these em- emanations and we were kind of talking about that desire energy last week mm. we can <clears throat> kind of see almost the movement of desire energy too because like just think about that mother this this first emanation this prima materia how it just says it kind of hovers on the surface mm. um very much how you kind of have to uncover spiritual knowledge where more of like your instinct for rage and um, greed and jealousy comes over you in like a hot dry flash kind of how Saturn's kind of described. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to kind of see as these planets kind of make themselves up, you can actually see how these emanations rise up in you and they, they kind of hit you differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because usually if it's a spiritual, breakthrough that you're happening there's some kind of mercury that's getting your attention to be like because that spiritual energy is always within you there's some way mercury's getting that connection to be like you need to pay attention to this right now right where like a saturn greed can almost like we say almost like hijack mercury to be like oh this is all you can think about jealousy this is all you can think about like that mars can kind of pull in there too so again when we kind of think about these planets and we're going to see kind of you know the makeup of these um what's going to happen and even to the to the aspect of the um you know the the rebellions that are going to happen and the aspects of this it's all going to make itself apparent through these these emanations of that from that prima material and everything that kind of comes from it so again it's just about getting back to that pure first emanation which is almost that philosopher's stone which we were working through the entire alchemical process yeah so again just reading this genesis with the hebrew the alchemical the zodiac it's just you never will see modern a modern individual could not write a a spiritual text like this from any of the any of the ancient civilizations like we don't have the capacity to do something like this and that's what really makes these books and these holy books so sacred and special because they can hold in so many subjects. Right. 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 You know, and it's just, it's analogies to everything. Yeah. It just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. No, and I'm really glad that, that the first season we covered a lot of, um, we, well, we covered a lot of ground, obviously within from principles to then even just like the, the esoteric meaning behind just, planetary energies and here it all kind of unfolds within genesis and so mm-hmm. hopefully there'll be that correlation on and on throughout um 
us breaking down Genesis. And and one thing I, I also wanted to ask you about regarding like the breakdown from different uh, origins and, and understandings from, from other individuals, like the Gnostics, I know also talk about um, having the idea of that power within you given to you by the power itself. Mm-hmm. So that way you know how to emanate mm-hmm. um, the, the, you have like a blueprint of how to, sort of bring that to your own world. So you already have a direct connection to source from the mm-hmm. very day you're here. You have these gifts that know how to um, plug into this world and unfold uh, these godlike powers that we all have. Um, I don't, how do I say this? Not an, at an, as an easier way of understanding the natural world, but on, on a way that... Um, kind of already sets you on the right foot. And I, I just wanted to know more about that with the Gnostics. I mean, I know that you kind of brought, brought that up a little bit. I know we're going to bring up the Gnostics. You said um, throughout the second season, I know we'll probably end with that, but is there something you want to add to that with the whole, with Gnosticism and, 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 and that idea of seeing um, that reflection of, 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 of God within ourselves and, and putting it to work is there does that make sense i don't know yeah. if i'm really asking no, the right you, question you're, no you're killing it man because all gnostics is is, is gnosis which is knowledge right. in greek right so this is firsthand account knowledge of the supreme so that's exactly what you're dealing with and that's exactly what the gnostics were so the gnostics are going to be branched out right around um kind of the creative catholicism we spoke about it a little bit before catholicism is more saint peter um, Gnosticism is going to be more St. Paul. Um, and they're going to live really, you know, next to each other for about 400 years. But Gnosticism is much more familiar. Like any Eastern individual who studies Eastern um, mysticism is going to really have a deep connection with Gnosticism right off the bat. Cause that's really kind of what it's more mirroring and more of that mystic Hebrew, right? So there was, there was Hebrew Gnostics in Jerusalem waiting the birth of the Christ. So there was Gnostics before the birth of the Christ. Mm. Okay, so that's how deep this information goes. So this is um, this is in a complete variance to the Catholicism where just this prophet came out of nowhere, he's the sole and only prophet, you know, this is Jesus Christ. Um, Gnosticism is this, it's a long change of kind of prophets. Now they do see Jesus and his his mother Mary plays a huge huge role, um, and also kind of his um, life affairs after that um, play a huge huge role in it. But he's more of just the ultimate, um, almost like I don't want to say a magician, but the ultimate adept. He just goes and gets trained everywhere and everything. So there's kind of this rich spiritual aspect. So the Gnostics really kind of show Jesus as he shows the way to can have this firsthand knowledge of the Supreme okay, and to be able to connect with that. Right. And, and they were, and they were very, very powerful organization. Um, and to this day, they're, um, there's some very powerful Gnostic, Gnostic groups, but they're really going to, when we kind of come back to this creation story, when we were talking about the void, I think they do the best e- explaining that void of that, what we would call the Sophia energy. And we'll, we'll really yeah. kind of touch back in with what Sophia represents. Um, but Sophia really representing the real, and then Saturn is going to almost represent the Maya. Okay, so one of the aspects that that whole trouble of overcoming the illusion that we really don't see in Catholicism makes itself very prevalent in Gnosticism, and it's all about getting past 
what you call the archons. And those are actually the energy that um, lives above this realm and kind of rules this realm. And the whole aspect of Gnosticism is actually to make yourself in that golden white coat. So when you do pass on and you're passing the layers of life that come above this or the, the, the hierarchies of existence, the archons can't see you because you're pure. So you can actually go to get back to Eden where they see it as like, if you aren't pure, the archons just recycle your soul and kind of like reutilize that energy. Um, So it's a really deep spiritual aspect. Um, It's my favorite kind of art comes from Gnostic Christianity. Um, I mean, I can't say that because I love all religious art, but that's definitely um, one of my favorites. Um, But yeah, it's just a really, really beautiful thing. And we'll get really deep into it. So we're kind of approaching this Bible from this King James version as, again, like a principal foundation. So when we do approach Gnosticism, we can kind of give it a a really good um, just a proper proper examination. Yeah. Give it the respect it deserves, right? Um, because it is it is such an amazing aspect for uh, any esoteric student. And again, guys, you know, I know we're studying the Bible, but we're we're looking at the Bible because. There's been so much good work done on the Vedas in the last 20 years. There's been so many good work, you know, there's been so much other good work done on Buddhism Mm -hmm. with esoteric studies. So, you know, and there's been so much good work done on the Bible, but we're just kind of wanting to like give it a refresh in the whole like Twilight of the Kali Yuga coming live about the Bible, you know what I mean? So, um, but all of these spiritual texts are just so, so important. So again, whatever one resonates with you, um, but this is just such a great it's just almost just a great conversation piece to connect with all religions from King James Bible. Because it's such an easy one for anybody to read. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I know that um, we talked about this before the, the, you know, starting, starting to, to record and, and where we left off with Genesis. But as we go on with the seven days of creation, um, you know, we'll also break down each of those, you know, the seven being, um, if you want me to, to read them off, we have light, and then we have the atmosphere and then, you know, the dry ground and the plants and then uh, the sun, the moon, the stars. And then we have um, the birds and um, and all the uh, underwater creatures. And then you have the land and the humans and then the Sabbath. And so instead of blowing through them like I just did one through seven, I like that we're going <clears throat> right now, starting with that light. Mm-hmm. And so to keep everybody in, in track, including my, including myself, this, this first verse from one through three, you know, I, I know that we're going to probably, uh, pick up for the next coming weeks. Um, you know, when God said, let there be light right. and, and there was light and God saw the light and said it was good. Right. And we stopped right there. So, um, I'm excited for, the, the the next few verses because I feel like everything you've 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 mentioned and what we've talked about in these last um, few mi- few moments uh, regarding you know this this creation story is what's to come next but what has also already been covered mm-hmm. and and sort of interlace it all together which is why we're, we're like you said we're doing the Bible right now it's like many many uh, creation stories already been sort of revised and 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 the meanings behind them have been uh applied to a lot of different um individuals who have taken you know uh that approach like within the vedas and and everything else you're saying so i'm excited to to keep unfolding this with the bible because i didn't think we'd ever take these turns um down these amazing little alleyways right yeah you know too like 
Man, and like as you were just reading that back and you said the words God said, and like right there, God said we could have that's so powerful because now we're talking about that primal voice and this the first vibration and all these other aspects mm. because we have the light waves and now we have the sound waves. And then the aspect of actually looking at something and giving appreciation and evaluating it from good to bad. Mm. So even that yeah. is yep. so vital. Yep. Um, and where we're going to, um, just so people are like, oh, we kind of left off on that. We'll, we'll kind of speak about that um, early vibration because we're, we're kind of looking at the light wave right now. We'll talk about the vibration when we get to the book of John, because the book of John goes into a little bit more detail on the word, and the word is um, going to be what we're really going to be breaking down there, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to be a, a great little output. So we'll um, we'll do John very soon after we kind of finish up Genesis, just because there's there are two great creation stories to study side by side, um, but just there's so much there. You know what I mean? There's in one line. There's just so much information, and we could type it in on um, DuckDuckGo right now, um, and it would give us, we could pull up 12 different articles yeah. and blow our minds on something. And this could be just like somebody writing in their keyboard like in 1996 on like an old school website that you find, and you're just like, this guy's blowing my monkey balls right. from my brains right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just... Yeah, it's just such an endless subject. So I'm glad that I, I kind of feel like we got a little bit yeah. more grounded today, which was really good. Um, but again, this is such a, a unique topic that it's gonna there's gonna be some variance. And you know, how do you point down and how do you hold down the creation of everything? Right. Um, you know, because there's no words for that. Mm-mm. So you're just always just like touching around the subject. Yeah, right? it's the elephant in the room you can't touch. Um, but it's right there and you just want to want to, but you can't figure out how. Yeah. It's like trying to bite your own teeth, Alan Watts says. And I like that. You can't bite your own teeth. Um, I think that's a good, uh, good little thought process to think about. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, well, that was, that was pretty much the last question I had in regards to how we're going to be continuously form, uh, formulating, um, the unfolding of Genesis within its verses. And so is there anything else you want to add for like what comes up uh, next? Um, I know that we kind of have been doing these bi-weekly episodes, but I don't know if next week we'll just continue right off where we just left off right now and, and move into. Yeah. I think just to kind of get us cause standard, I think we should just, cause we kind of spoke about the seven days of let's just kind of move into that. Cause I like right. where you were going with that. Um, and that's going to be an important one. And that's going to be, that's going to be kind of an extended one because not only going to look at the number seven, we're probably going to break down one through 12 really quickly yeah. and take a look at all those numbers and how they kind of interplay together. So yeah, let's, let's shoot for the seven days of creation next. And then um, from there, we'll go from there. From there, we'll go from right. there, man. Awesome, man. Well, um, that's all I have for today. Uh, thank you to all our Patreon members. Always lots Always. of love, love. I'm trying to answer. Daniel's trying to answer. Again, we're, we're, we're both busy people, but we're getting um, so much more, in my, in my opinion. I can't speak for Daniel, but I feel like we're getting so much more comfortable in, in the roles that we play here as students of the occult and as people who want to discuss more about these topics that many of you are very well-versed in, and some of you are just starting your journey here and there's no right and wrong in my opinion because you know well i shouldn't say it like that but i should say 
<laughs> for your questions that you might have for us, there's no right and wrong. Is that, you know, just, you know, I want to learn as much as you want to learn. So I appreciate when people message us and, and they feel that they're being vulnerable. They're sharing an instant in their life where they feel like, oh, you know, I, I stumble upon you guys based on, you know, my experience with, you know, such story that they, they might bring up. And, and I just, I really appreciate that because it's, it shows all the humility that's out there and, and, and the willing to learn and how to navigate, um, just, just as much as I wanted to learn how to navigate through all of this. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, especially in the time we find ourselves in, we need, we need a buddy system. We do need for, a buddy system. So a spiritual buddy. buddy system. Buddy. Buddy. So, <laughs> I was like, what? Um, so yeah, man, I think that's, I love to end that this way. I'm excited to see where this Genesis conversation comes and, um, you know, we've got some exciting episodes. I know we're going to be breaking down the Lord of the Rings. We, um, oh, and one thing I would love to announce for the, the listeners, and I don't think Eddie, Eduardo even knows about this yet, but, um, Akira the Don, the individual that has done, um, some intros for us has done a complete audio book with like beats attached to the first book of Dune. And now I don't know if anybody has experience with this story. This is a very, very heavy esoteric story that's actually being made into a a major motion picture that's going to come out like next month. Um, Big shout out to David Lynch, who did the original Dune, even though he hates it. Dude, David Lynch, I know, he he did not like that. But but, um, but they did try to shove all three books into one. Mm. And these are huge books. Um, so we are going to, right at the tail end of that, um, I think Eddie and Ari are going to try to do a breakdown of Dune. That'd be um, great. So yeah, and then so we're going to kind of tie that in for when the movie's coming out. Um, and then we'll, um, so that'll be something to be on the lookout for, the Lord of the Rings. And then um, we've got some cool programs. I was, like I said, I was at the beach all last weekend. Um, and so I did, I couldn't even find my computer. I don't even know where it was. Um, but for the patron account, we will be working on progressing through the houses, looking awesome. at the first through 12 houses and that part for the spiritual development, which is super fascinating. They, you know, the signs are amazing. The angles are amazing. Everything about astrology is amazing. But when you really start breaking down the houses and what it means to the spiritual development of the individual, it's, uh, it's get your popcorn ready, entertaining stuff. Absolutely, right. man. And then we got to find a hotline to get a hold of you so people can start that would be doing so their. So funny. I would be so much better with a home phone, too, like a rotary home phone that oh, just yeah. rang. Absolutely. I would be picking that thing up all the time, but like telling me to can't like carry around this cancer phone and stuff like that, like I'm going to throw it in the back of my car and try not to find it. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. People will say that to me. Where Where are you when your phone? I'm like, I don't know where my phone is. I, I, no I just I purposely lose it. Right. Man, we should uh, we should get some rotary phones. I would love a rotary phone. Man. I'm all about that. <laughs> cool, man. Well, um, with that being said, until next time, then. Until next time. Excellent.